0: Beaver Nation, it's time to get inside the huddle with The Damn Podcast. The Damn Podcast is your weekly ticket to Oregon State football and recruiting news. Here's your host of The Damn Podcast, BeaverBlitz.com publisher, Angie Machado.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Damn Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Machado. With me, as always, is our senior writer, editor, Carter Baines. New title for Carter. He's earned it. Um, no longer just our little beat writer. He is our senior writer, and I do rely on him a lot for editing and, and helping. So congrats, Carter, on the on the new, uh, new title. And it is Monday. We're recording this on Monday, and the Beavers are flying out for LA for the Los Angeles Bowl tomorrow on Tuesday. But Carter is flying out today. So let's just jump right in, Carter, because we need to get you out the door. L.A. Bowl. How excited are you to head down to L.A. and, and watch this these Beavers compete in a bowl game?
0: Well, I'm pretty excited. I I think a little less so now that I know that we're expecting up to two inches of rain in L.A. on Tuesday. But uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun trip. I think it's a busy week ahead of us. Um, we'll get to watch some practice on Wednesday, even uh, which is something that we haven't done since fall camp. So. Uh, It's going to be exciting. And then, you know, the whole game day experience too on Saturday, I think is, it's going to be pretty unmatched as far as anything that I've ever seen, you know, being in SoFi stadium and, and taking in that atmosphere. So really looking forward to it. And like you said, my, my flight leaves in about three and a half, four hours here. So we'll get this thing cranked out and I'll head down to Eugene and fly out.
1: So, yeah, definitely. You'll want to make sure you're, you're following Carter. Um, not only on Beaver Blitz, but also on Twitter at Carter Baines. Um, because yes, he'll be down there starting this afternoon um, with pictures, video, um, reports. It, it, I'm glad you're going to get to watch a practice too, because that'll be, that'll be awesome. The team is practicing over at El Camino College, um, which we're <laughs> going to say it's had a ton of success recruiting at that junior college over the years. So it's um, kind of fun for them to be able to go play or practice there. Uh, team arrives, like, like I said, tomorrow on Tuesday. There's several events. I think there's a media availability tomorrow. So Carter will have wall-to-wall coverage the entire the entire week. Um, beaver Blitz will also be holding a meet and greet probably Friday night. I'm still working on the on the details on that where you can we're gonna total casual meet up, um, hang out, have a cocktail or a, a soda, and talk some beaver sports and meet each other. So uh, we'll be doing that. And then there'll be a, a pregame tailgate prior to the game. And uh, then... Game coverage. So let's just jump in and talk a little bit about Utah State, Carter. Oregon State has met them three times in the past. They hold a 3-0 and record. What is your early thought going in to this game with, with the Aggies?
0: I think Oregon State matches up really well in the trenches, but it's the skill positions that could cause some problems for the Beavers. Calvin Tyler Jr., of course, transferred from Oregon State to Utah State, um, and now that he's kind of gotten a chance to to Be the featured back in an offense, I think he's having a ton of success down there. Um, he's been one of their top playmakers all year. And while he was left off the all-mountain the west teams, uh he's been one of their leading scorers and and you know he's he's active on on most plays for the Aggies. Um outside of that, <clears throat> Devin Tompkins at wide receiver is the guy to keep an eye on. This guy is um, you know, I mean, I, I think he could have been a call finalist, to be honest, if he played at a bigger school. Uh, he's coming in with over a thousand receiving yards. He's got a bunch of touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he's he's going to he's going to be a thorn in the side of, of Rajon Wright, Alex Austin, whoever it is that that lines up against him. I, I think he'll be one of the more talented receivers Oregon State's face this year. So those two guys on on offense and then defensively, the Aggies get into the backfield a ton. Um, which you know, I think Oregon State is prepped to to handle. Oregon State has, as we know, one of the top four offensive lines in the country, and uh, gives up tackles for loss and and sacks at a rate that that we haven't really seen before from from Oregon State. It's it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do. So I think that matchup um, lines up, you know, not necessarily favorably for Oregon State, but I think they are prepped to handle
1: that. So you know, you have we've had a couple days of media availability as the team practice. So they did not start practicing until this weekend uh, with coaches out on the road recruiting. So this is, it's not your typical 15 to you know 16 days of, of practice leading up to a bowl game. This is a week. I mean, this is going to be like a game week prep. What was the mentality like when you, you know, spoke with Coach Smith and, and the coaches leading up to, you know, as the start of practice?
0: Well, they've been busy for sure. I, I think the mentality is, um, you know, we're, we're going to try to handle all of these different responsibilities that have have been thrown at us uh, over the last, you know, two or three weeks. It's something that Oregon state hasn't really had to to deal with in a long time. You know, the, the bowl prep and recruiting and then having early signing day coming up this week is kind of a new wrinkle that's been thrown in um, to everybody that's playing in an early bowl game. So yeah, like you said, they've been on the road recruiting, doing in-home visits, got back late this week and, um they've you know they put together a game plan while they were on the road actually uh, the coaches that stayed behind were busy working on that and then the video guys loaded that up on coaches computers ipads you name it um and they've been they've been scouting and prepping throughout the week so they were able to kind of get a running start uh, at, at practice you know when when they came in on saturday
1: and and the players last week or this past week was finals week i believe for oregon state right
0: that's correct, yeah,
1: so they they took their finals, but they were also still working out, I think with coach mcdonald and and that staff.
0: yeah, so the the players too, you know, they haven't well they haven't played in two weeks, um, you know they're it's not like they're coming in you know totally totally fresh or anything they're you know they they've been working out, and um like like I said, they practiced the last three days as well too, so there has been a bit of a layoff but it was good i think for everybody to get to focus on the other things that they needed to do like you said with finals week and then the coaches obviously recruiting that's a big element of their jobs too so um, they'll have a full week of practice coming into this game so i'm not you know concerned about underpreparedness or anything
1: so this game is, is one of the first i know i know some other bowls kind of kick off here like thursday friday but this is the big the first kind of more ma- not major game i don't want to say that but it's an abc 4:30 kickoff on saturday um, they announced the team of Joe Tessitore, Jesse Palmer, and Laura Rutledge. So it's one of their, their top um, on-air talent groups. This game ESPN on... Radio
0: is covering it too. It, yeah, it'll be so on ESPN it... Radio. So lots of, I mean, the, the publicity will be there for yeah. this. This game's going to be shown to a pretty wide audience.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it, it will be a, a fun one. The, the players then, like I said, arrive tomorrow. I know there's some fun things planned for the team. Um, they will be going and meeting Jimmy Kimmel. I believe going to the Jimmy Kimmel show, a taping of that, um, heading to Universal Studios, doing some community service events. So um, a busy week for the players. And like, a, like we've already talked about, a busy week for the Beaver Blitz staff. Um, it's like you mentioned, it's also signing. Signing day is, is coming up. What are your thoughts, Carter? I, I want to just ask you this because this is a relatively new phenomenon for football, this early signing period. Typically, Oregon State or football just had their signing day the first Wednesday in February. What are your thoughts with this early signing period coming right in the heart of bowl season and the coaching carousel? Do you do you like it? Do you think it needs to be tweaked? What What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like it at all. To be honest with you, I think it's when you combine that with everything else that goes on this time of year, like you mentioned with coaching searches, bowl season. I think. It's, it's almost, it almost does a disservice to the, the student athletes that are coming in because, I mean, you've seen it with the situation down at Oregon. You've got a coach that leaves about a week before signing day. Um, a bunch of guys decommit, transfer, and then, you know, the, the guys who are committed to Oregon that, that don't know what to do, they only have a couple of days to decide, well, do I want to sign? Do I, you know, want to stick it out to see who this new coach is going to be? Um, do I wait and sign in February, but then a lot of schools have already, you know, used up their entire scholarship allotment. So I I think it, it does do a, a pretty major disservice to a lot of young student athletes out there who are trying to find their home for the next three or four years.
1: Well, and I, I think it's hard and that's a great point, but I also think it's hard for the coaches coming in because they don't know what they have. They don't know what they need. They don't know if these commits fit with their program and they're trying to scramble too. So it's, it is, it's, I I think this whole, the transfer portal and then the the whole coach, and I think it's hit the PAC 12 a little harder this year than maybe in other years, but um, it seems very chaotic this year. Would you like to see them go back to a, just a single signing day, like a February signing day?
0: Yeah. And actually, I don't know if you, if you saw the news this week that the NCAA has put together like a little task force or committee or something to, to decide if they want to scrap the early signing period. And I, to be honest, I hope they do. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, maybe having two signing days, but putting one like in the summer or something, um, you know, just so you have one, like one school gets out, um, and it's off season. So coaches have nothing better to do than recruit when they can't be with, with their teams. So, I think that could work if you wanted to have two signing days, but there's no reason to have one in December.
1: I I agree. I've actually thought about it too. And and like a a July signing day for, or a August signing day for these guys that want to get it done and over with before their senior season, let it go, let them, let them do it. And then have the second one, you know, six months later in February. But I do, I agree. It's, it's a, and I think that will add even more drama to the whole transfer portal. Not, not only this year, but in years down the road as these players that maybe do sign, with an Oregon or a USC just because they don't want to lose their space and then figure out, well, I don't really fit with this system and need to look, but the, the transfer portal has been active by the way. It is crazy. I saw Kadona uh, Slovis quarterback at USC just entered this morning. Um, guys are just entering left and right. Do you, do you see Oregon state, you know, we'll talk about their commits and their expected signing day here in a, in a minute, but do you think having this active of a transfer portal this time of year is something Oregon State can benefit from? Well,
0: I think it definitely benefits Oregon State, just knowing how much Jonathan Smith has used it to his advantage in the past. Um, I I question, you know, know, we'll find out what the scholarship distribution looks like after signing day and and who comes in and if there are any surprises. Um, But I mean, you and I put together the scholarship chart last week and we said, you know, Oregon State doesn't have a ton of space left. So um, the question is, know, what kind of transfer are they looking for? If, if any at all, at this point, I I think you'll see it a little bit more as the off season progresses, because there will be some attrition at Oregon state, you know, you'll have, you'll have guys transfer out and that'll open up some space, but right now they're probably not looking too hard. Um, I would imagine they're more just focused on the guys who have committed and they're hoping to sign on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it'll be interesting because I know that's just it. We're seeing all these kids transfer, but Oregon State has not been hit by the transfer bug, but I, I do think here in the next, um, you know, after the bowl game, we start to see some some attrition in the next month or so. So going forward, just to give our listeners kind of an idea of what recruiting looks like now um, at Beaver Blitz and, and for Oregon State in the next couple months, since we don't have just a single signing day in February. You'll see our, our coverage on Wednesday of the guys that commit, and we're expecting you know, 15, 16 guys to sign on, on Wednesday and join the, the Beaver programs. Then we kind of switch to walk-ons. So the month of January will be more of the, the walk-on recruiting. And that's a, a big piece of what Oregon state does and filling any spots. And then we also will start to see some of that attrition and it becomes the transfer portal. We'll start to see Oregon state really kind of hit that transfer portal, see where their, their holes are, where they have room and who they can go after. So that's where we will see that January time frame. Typically, with, with this new way of, of setup, the uh, February signing day is more of the walk ons that are signing, that more ceremonial signing. But Wednesday is going to be a fun day. It is busy. Carter will be down in Los Angeles. I'll still be here um, with that. And I've been working on coverage and talking to high school coaches. Right now, in the lodge at Beaver Blitz for our members, we have a war room that gets updated. I updated it twice already today. Is where we keep all our little tidbits we have a watch a war room watch list in there where we've been adding players to keep an eye on um there could be a surprise or two carter um as we as we get into this it's oregon state kind of has had an uneventful month of december as far as you know guys have been pretty solid we haven't seen i do expect a decommitment here in the in the next day or two from a transfer um i won't let that out of the bag yet but Um, I'm not super concerned about it. It's a DB and Oregon State just picked up a a prep DB this morning. So, um, that will be happening, but let's just kind of run down the commit list. Um, I want to get your thoughts on some of these guys. I know I kind of take the recruiting side, you handle the team coverage side, but there's a couple guys I think are pretty exciting here, um, that I'd love to get your, your thoughts on first one being Matthias Malachi Donaldson. Um, there was some question he did pick up a usc offer he is the top rated recruit right now in oregon state's class um i've confirmed with several sources he is uh, solid with oregon state and plans to sign with the beavers have you seen his film edge rusher total position of need
0: i haven't watched much of his film but i do know that um our 24 7 sports experts are really high on him And 24 7 actually has him rated higher <coughs> excuse me higher than his composite uh, he comes in as the 24th ranked edge rusher in the country for 24/7. So, yeah. you, you look at his offer list alone, and you say, "Okay, yeah, this is this is the kind of big time commit that that Oregon State's been waiting to to bring in." You know, when when he's when he's choosing Oregon State over USC, ASU, Colorado. I mean, you know these these programs that have been at the top of the Pac-12 recently. Um, that is a very big. That's a very good sign for Oregon yeah. State.
1: Um, yeah.
0: So I'm I'm excited to see you know how how early in his career he comes in and, and contributes because at a position of need where you're losing a guy like Andre Hughes Murray. Um, and you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Addison Gums. I, I think there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of openings on the depth chart at that position.
1: You know, six, five, listen, six, five, two 20. Ideally you'd want him to gain 20 pounds or so. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he's at though, because sometimes these numbers aren't a hundred percent solid. So, Um, I'm excited. You're right. I'm excited to see him. Yeah. 24 seven has him as the number 24 edge rusher in the country with an 89 ranking. So, um, there's several services that go into play with the composite, but, um, there's a reason that Beaver Blitz made the move several years ago over to 24 seven. It's because they're the best in the business at evaluating and have the best team. And I kind of, while we like the composite just to talk about, um, and the West coast, especially I take that 24 seven ranking kind of weighted a little heavier so um excited about that young man the other one i'm really excited about carter and i know you and i've talked about him before and he actually just received a big bump in the in the ratings is damian martinez out of lewisville texas Um, he was kind of a low to mid three star when he's when he committed he's been bumped 24 7 has him as an 89 uh ranking again that's one step below a four star this is brand new I saw your eyes perk up too because I think you just saw it for the first time too so 24/7 has him ranked 89 um, 33rd ranked running back in the country the 55th overall prospect in the state of Texas huge um, 4400 yards during his time in high school huge a, a big rushing uh, you know prospect 510 220 he's strong he's fast he can receive and he can block I, I've actually spoken to his coach at Louisville and that's the thing they said about him he can block he can he can catch balls out of the backfield and, and we know he can run so um, the other exciting piece on this is that he will be arriving on campus on J- uh, december 31st starting winter term at oregon State um, have you seen any of his film carter
0: yeah i have and y- you mentioned the uh the ratings bumps that he got that was news to me i hadn't seen that yet um that has to be as of the last day or two i yeah. right i mean
1: yeah yeah it's so- it was new
0: so that, that pushes him up to Oregon State's third uh, third highest ranked recruit right now, behind Melvin Jordan and uh, as, as we just mentioned, Matthias Malachi Donaldson. But um, let's let's just read off some of his some of the accolades that he's racked up throughout his high school career. So, 2019, he was uh, the district offensive newcomer of the year as a sophomore. 2020, district co offensive player of the year as a junior. Um, and then I don't, I don't know if Texas has handed out its all league, all district awards this year, but I would imagine he'll be pretty close, um, pretty close to a, you know, a, an offensive player of the year type guy this year too. Uh, looking at his stats, 2020, he he ran for over 2000, over 2000 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns and caught a bunch of passes as well. This year, he's not quite at that level, but it's, I, I think a lot of that is due to the fact that you know, his team was blowing teams out and he wasn't playing the entire game. So um, yeah, this is, this is a guy who's scored 56 touchdowns over the last two high school seasons. Uh, I I like the way that that projects uh, to what he's going to be able to do at Oregon State.
1: Especially with question about whether BJ Baylor comes back, you know, next year. Um, I think that, that, that is a big question. I I wouldn't be shocked to see BJ move on. So um, to have another prep, come in take fill his shoes another a player in a huge position of need for oregon state who got a saw a significant bump is defensive tackle quincy wright so he has been bumped to an 87 which is a high three star um he is the 89th ranked defensive line prospect in the country and 89th overall player in texas so anytime in my opinion that oregon state's able to pull a top 100 player regardless of position out of Texas, it's big. Um, 6'2", 270, how big is this, do you think, for for Oregon State to pull a a D-lineman out of Texas?
0: I think, you know, even though he's only the fourth highest rated commit on this list, I think he might be, he he might be the the most important one that they've, that they've picked up. And uh, we talked about Uh, Malachi Donaldson being at a position of need that we all know, I I think there's no sugarcoating, you know, the defensive line still is Oregon state's weakest position. Um, So to get a guy of, of this caliber at a position of need, I think, you know, we, we talk about, we always talk about which guys we think could come in and make an instant impact. I think he's probably in the mold of guys that could see a couple of games as a true freshman you know, probably a situation where they'll want to, where they'll want to redshirt him, especially, I think you see that as especially at, at defensive line and offensive line, you, you want to redshirt the young guys, but maybe they get him four games of, of playing time and he comes in and, and makes some plays for half of the season next year. I, I think that that's probably within the realm of possibility, just seeing, you know, the caliber of player he is at a position that Oregon State needs desperately.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to bring up a, a transfer that's already on campus. He's been practicing with the team, um, but I think kind of gets overlooked and won't be covered in signing day because he's already with the team is Andrew Chatfield, six to 220 um, one pound edge rusher, former four star transferred from Florida. So we're not going to talk about him right now, just because he's already with the team kind of came in with 2021, but um, I, I think he's going to be one that kind of gets easily un- is flying under the radar right now for Beaver fans that might forget. You have a pick for who you might think is your wild card, like potential, like who you think could be the the diamond in the rough in this group.
0: Well, I know we talked about him last week too, but Takari Hickle, that um, that defensive line, he's not the kind of guy like a a Quincy Wright who I think could come in and, and immediate immediately play, but you know maybe give him a year or two and and see how he develops um, if he's able to turn that raw athleticism into you know, in, into more skill, um, I, I think that he's got a chance to, to really be one of the steals of, the, of this class, definitely flying under the radar.
1: Yeah, he's huge um, look, looking elsewhere.
0: Looking he's elsewhere, I, I, I think Sam Mason, who committed <clears throat> to Oregon State this morning, uh, happy birthday to Sam, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a, one of those under-the-radar guys. Coming in as a, a two-way player, he played receiver and defensive back in high school, uh, he'll he'll be a corner for Oregon State um, you know that's I, I'm looking up and down the list and I'm seeing is he one of two uh, I guess one of three guys that are coming in at that position so uh, yeah I mean he's he's another one to watch for sure and in my opinion um, coming out of California he doesn't have a, a composite rating but 24-7 has him at 87 which as you mentioned is a high three star so um, he's not going to show up right at the top of the, the recruiting list for Oregon state because he doesn't have a composite, but 24 seven is pretty high on him. So
1: one um, I want to, he, he also
0: picked Oregon state over a couple of power five schools in Colorado and Michigan.
1: Yeah. And Michigan state. So the one, there's one player too. I want to, I want to highlight because he just on Twitter released his senior year, um, highlights it comes from Bothell high, which is a great program up in Washington, North of Seattle, uh, Luca Vincent. These O linemen, they kind of fly under the radar, but this is a great year for Oregon State's O-line recruiting and coach Mahalichek. But Luca Vincic, he um off at 6'5, 275 right now as a as a high school senior, um, had offers from really a, a wide selection. Arizona State, Utah, California, Oregon State. And you know, I look at that list and not only are they, you know, power five, Pac 12 programs, but I, I look at those schools as having really strong offensive lines. I I, you know, beaver fans, I know. And know that I think very highly of of uh, Coach Kavanaugh, and he's at Arizona State. He offered, um, and we all know my thoughts on Coach Mahalachek, That I do think he's probably the best and one of the best at his his job in in the country. But Cal also has pretty solid lines, and so and, for him and
0: Utah as well, he had a well, Utah, Utah,
1: yeah, offer. a Utah offer. So you look at him twenty four seven. This is a, a Brandon Huffman eval. Uh, Brandon knows what the state of Washington inside and out. 88. So while his composite is an 86, he is a very highly ranked, um, three-star. And, uh, like I said, the height, the weight, everything is going to be big.
0: I'll throw in two. I think maybe, you know, we talk about these power five PAC 12 offers that, that Vincic has, but look at air force on their air force is one of the four teams that's, that's nominated for the Joe Moore award for the top offensive line, along with Oregon state. Um, you know, with a, a triple option offense, you need a very strong offensive line. So I think it's telling, you know, if, if Air Force is going out and looking at this guy uh, he's probably pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so I, I think when you, and you look at this up and down, I mean, the O line, I think might, this might be the, one of the pop offensive line classes that Oregon state has signed in years and they may not be done. So right now I'm just going down the list um, for offensive line. Um, the Beavers have Dylan Lopez coming in from IMG Academy in florida which is you know one of the top training facilities schools um luka vincic is there um and then jacob strand out of canby and nathan elu out of junipero sarah san mateo so four guys right there but they might not be, be done like i said so um looking at the war room and i, wanna, I don't want to give too much away but there's a couple guys in here uh keith olson is back um was a usc commit but he's a beaver legacy he's back in play um, from the state of Washington, Dave Iuli, uh, another offensive lineman originally committed to Oregon, but, um, he is back in play right now. decommitted from Oregon with the coaching change, another one to watch. He's the number three ranked prospect in the state of Washington, Hi, uh, mid four-star rank for him. Um, definitely one to watch him. And then another one that beeves are trying to get back in with Vega Ioane at of Graham Washington, um, another, you know, High rate at three star guy, and State of Washington is killing it with the with the O linemen this this year. So um, definitely some guys to watch as as we kind of go in here. Uh, I know Keith Olson was on campus this past weekend for an official visit, and for him, I have heard it's down between Oregon State and Washington State. But definitely for our listeners, jump into the lodge at Beaver Blitz, Um, the War Room. Like I said, I am home now. The next couple days, just following recruiting working on our coverage and then also reaching out to contacts all over the country to find out what the latest is on some of these guys. So um, beeves are still in play, potentially to flip a uh, tight end from the state of Washington. Uh, they're in on a top four star rate right at running back. So there is some intrigue going into signing day. So um, we'll be keeping you updated in that war room thread at the very top, to the very top of the lodge at Beaver Blitz. Uh, shorter pod today, as we wanna get Carter out the door to catch his flight. Carter. Anything else to add before uh, we let you run?
0: Yeah, just I guess stay tuned to to Beaver Blitz throughout the week because it's going to be busy. Like I said before, um, tomorrow we'll we'll talk to the, the head coaches at SoFi Stadium tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. I'll I'll be covering practice, and uh, we'll talk to a couple players then, a couple more players on Thursday, and then I believe the coaches. Again, on Friday, on top of all of our signing day coverage on Wednesday. So we we'll have coverage. all of our normal
1: game week coverage as well.
0: Yeah, so we'll have, you know, all of our typical preview stuff. We'll look at the the matchups. We'll have staff picks. And, you know, if if we're able to to find a Utah State expert, we might do a behind enemy lines as well. So uh, there's going to be, be no shortage. No yes. shortage of stuff coming from Beaver Blitz this week.
1: So a lot of stuff will also... Um, We are also running a special right now, a promo. It's only going on through Wednesday. Great time to jump on board, 50% off an annual subscription. Um, So not only is that good for new members, but if you're a member right now on a monthly membership, you can upgrade to that and take advantage of that 50% off. So that runs through signing day um, and then it's gone. So uh, super great time to jump on board with Carter's coverage, with the recruiting coverage. It is seriously going to be a very, very busy week at Beaver Blitz. Uh, and then going into next week, just to give you a tease, I, I want to introduce a new, a new member of our staff familiar, probably to a lot of Beaver fans. Kyle White has joined us um, to filling in the, sh- the role that Marcus Greaves played with us and breaking down the film. So he is actually going through breaking down all the film, giving us analysis of all of the signees and commits. And uh, it's fun to have Kyle in the mix. He's adding um, another, a, a former players set of, of point of view to the site so i'm excited to welcome him and and have him in the lodge as well to talk with our fans and, and members stick with us i said it's gonna be a busy week and we'll be back next week after the bowl game for another episode of the damn podcast